Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for season nine. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Hello, friends. What's up, amigos? How's it going? Hope you guys are having a beautiful week. Hope your week gets even better after this wonderful episode Sierra's going to give us. It's freaking fantastic. I'm so excited for this episode. You have no idea my excitement. That's what I've heard. It's really exciting, I think. And if you don't, I mean, I think it's pretty crazy. Anyway, we don't have much going on in the world of Weekly Dose of Wicked, so you know the drill. Leave us ratings and reviews on Apple podcast head on over to patreon if you like what you see join it up we have four tiers now slightly wicked for three dollars moderately wicked for five awesomely wicked for seven extraordinarily wicked for ten we appreciate it you know if you want to join it if not that's cool too whatever uh head on over to instagram and facebook give us a like give us a follow that's it right what else we got nothing i think that's all the places all the places to go we don't really have much going on in our personal lives either. Nothing needed to share. I did get a haircut today. I didn't get bad bangs, so that's good. Always a plus. Just got a little trim, a little trimmy trim. Not sure how I feel about it. It kind of reminds me, okay, you said like it looks good. Okay, this is the issue I have. I had them thin it for me because I have such thick hair. She might have thinned it a little too much. It kind of feels like, you know, like those haircuts that were like really popular in like the early 2000s that like the super cool, like grungy emo kids had where it was like a lot of hair up here. And there was just like these little thin strips on the side. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That's how I feel like it looks. I know it doesn't look that way, but that's how it feels in my head. Cause like the top's still super thick, but then like the bottom's really thin. I don't know. I have to see it in person. I'm kind of concerned about the grow out cause I can like feel it. It's like that one time I had them thin my hair and it was like my head was like shaved at the top. Like they thinned it so close to my scalp. That's what it reminds me of. But whatever. It's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just hair grows back. It's fine. (laughs) Well, no bangs. So that's all that matters. No bangs. So that's good. Right. And yeah, I mean, I didn't really cut much off it at all. But whatever. It doesn't matter. Nobody gives a rat's ass about my haircut. Nobody. So anyway, what else we got going? We don't have nothing much going on. Um, We, you know, still have that super exciting thing happening in December. So Keep your eyes peeled for an announcement about that super fun December treat we have coming for you. But, I mean, other than that, yeah. All right. Well, let's nothing, jump in. Nothing going on. Blow my socks off. All right. So, anyway, let's jump into this case. Um, hopefully, you think it's as crazy and cuckoo bananas as I do. I'm sure I will. Are you ready? I'm already. All right. Uh, Nicholas Barclay. Have you heard of him? No, ma'am. Well, you're about to. All right. So Nicholas Patrick Barclay was born on December 31st, 1980. He was the youngest son of Beverly Dollarhide. He had two older half-siblings, Jason and Carrie. 
Uh, his siblings were significantly older than him. So at the time of Nicholas's disappearance, Carrie was an adult with a family of her own. She was married. She had a couple of kids. And his brother Jason was a recovering addict. Um, he had recently moved back in with his mom and younger brother, Nicholas. His mother, Beverly, worked nights at a local convenience store. So it wasn't unusual for Nicholas to just pretty much do whatever he wanted. He had very little supervision. She slept, you know, during the day, worked at night. So he pretty much just did what he wanted. Not only did Nicholas's older brother, Jason, have a drug problem, but it's also rumored that his mother, Beverly, was an addict. So Jason liked cocaine and Beverly was into heroin. So it was a great mix. Does not sound like a good mix. Yep. Well, that's what Nicholas grew up with. So Carrie, Nicholas's older sister, said that although Beverly was an addict and she did have a drug problem, that she was like a very high functioning addict. She was able to hold down a job. Um, and Carrie said that as children, they never went without and that her mother did raise all three of her children on her own with none of their fathers were in the picture. Well, that's good, I guess. Uh, it does, however, seem that Beverly was having a really hard time with Nicholas, though. So that was apparently one of the main reasons why Jason moved back in with Beverly is because she just needed help with Nicholas. She could not control him. He was just completely off the wall. Like she had no control over him whatsoever. So by the time that Nicholas was 13, he'd already gotten in uh, quite a bit of trouble. He had multiple tattoos. He was known for smoking cigarettes as well as weed. Um, and not only was he getting in trouble in school, but he also had multiple run-ins with the law. That's crazy. He's such a baby. Yes, he is a baby. Uh, Nicholas's juvenile rap sheet included breaking and entering, truancy, theft, and threatening his teachers. Apparently, he threatened his teacher with a knife. Truancy is like not going to school, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So he'd been getting in trouble for skipping school to a point where like the truancy officers were getting involved. Okay. Um, I think it's safe to say, though, Nicholas was a very unruly teen. Yes. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So the biggest issue, though, is that when Beverly tried to punish Nicholas and tried to, like, get him under control, he would just threaten to leave. And, um, you know, she'd say, you can't leave, you're 13. And he'd say, watch me. And he actually did run away from home numerous times prior to his disappearance. So that is why there's a discrepancy as to when he actually disappeared. Because it was apparently very common for him to run off for a few days and then just to return. That would be awful. Like, I know, obviously, she wasn't the best parent. But, like, as a parent, to just have your kid just, like, disappear for days on end. Yeah, well, apparently, he did it pretty regularly. And it didn't really concern her because he did it all the time. He would just, like, run off. And then he'd show back up a few days later and everything was fine. So, pretty crazy to me. But I, I think that if my kid was missing for, like, an hour and I didn't know where they were, then I would be losing my mind. But right. I don't know. So, around June 10th of 1994, and I say around because it's give or take a few days. You don't, we don't really know exactly for sure. But around June 10th of 1994, Nicholas Barclay, 13, gets into a fight with his mom, Beverly. So, he has a court date that's coming up on June 14th. And there's a really good possibility that he's going to be removed from his mother's home. And he's going to be put into some sort of juvenile facility or a group home because of his criminal activity. So he obviously would prefer to stay with his mother as she has no control over him. He can do whatever the heck he wants. And obviously, if he's in a juvenile, like a juvenile delinquent center or a group home, there's going to be a lot of strict rules. He's not going to be able to, you know, go get tattoos and smoke cigarettes and run wild. Right. 
So he's obviously upset by, you know, Beverly telling him there's a good possibility he might have come home with her in a couple days. Uh, so Beverly claims that after the disagreement, she gave him a few bucks and she told him to get out of the house, go hang out with his friends. She needed to get some sleep because she works nights. So she needed to, you know, get rest before she had to go to work that night. Um, depending on the article, some articles said she worked seven days a week. Some said that she worked a swing shift. I'm not sure which is true. Okay. But she worked a lot. Right. But a swing shift, normally you work like seven days, two days off, seven days, two days off, seven days. You know what I mean? So either way, she was working like seven days straight, whether she was literally working every day straight or if she was working a swing shift. But either way, she worked a lot. Right. So she says, you know, she gave him a couple bucks, told him to get out of the house. She slept most of the day as she normally did, which is another reason why Nicholas really didn't have very much supervision. Like Beverly slept most of the day and then she was at work all night. Right. And they were the only two at home other than his brother. Right. And his brother's a drug addict. So, I mean, so is Beverly apparently. But I mean, essentially it just wasn't a good home in general for Nicholas to be in. But whatever. Nicholas ends up um, playing basketball with his friends at a park about a mile from his house in San Antonio, Texas. And as the day goes on, Nicholas's friends head home one by one until Nicholas is left alone at the park. At this point, he uses a payphone to call home to see if someone can come pick him up so he doesn't have to walk. Um, his brother Jason answers and Jason scolds him for calling because Beverly's asleep and Nicholas could have woken her. And then Jason tells Nicholas that he's not coming to get him. He can just go ahead and walk home. It's a mile. He'll be fine. He walked there. He can walk back. Um, and Jason doesn't want to start the car. He doesn't want to wake Beverly. So, like, no, he's not. He doesn't have his own car. He's got to use Beverly's car. He's not coming to get him. So, unfortunately, Nicholas never made it home that day. Ugh. So, Beverly does end up reporting Nicholas missing on June 13th. So, at this point, he'd been missing for three days. Okay, I was going to say four days. Bad at math. But three days, that's a long time. Yeah. So, he had been missing for three days. Um, and the reason why she reported him missing is because he had a court date on June 14th. So she's worried he's not going to come home in time for that court date, and that's going to get him in even more trouble. Like, at that point, he's going to have a failure to appear. Right. So she wants to report that he's missing, you know, that way hopefully he won't get in even more trouble for not showing up to court. I don't think, at this point, like, it's not unusual for Nicholas to run away for a few days. So Beverly isn't super concerned at the point that he's not home. She really just doesn't want him to have any, like, legal ramifications for missing court. But it doesn't really seem that she's concerned for his safety at this point. Okay. Now, because this is something that Nicholas had done before, and because of his, you know, record, law enforcement doesn't really seem to be concerned about finding Nicholas. They list him as a runaway, and they're like, well, he'll show up eventually, or, you know, whatever. We'll pick him up somewhere. But they don't really seem to do anything to try and find him. I don't like this case. No, but it gets really crazy. I'm telling you, it gets so crazy. So there's no media coverage whatsoever. Well, yeah, because he's a runaway. He's not missing. No, yeah. There's very little done in the media, and there's also very little done as far as trying to find him. So essentially, the police think, you know, he didn't want to go to court, so we ran off, and we'll find him, whatever. Um, at the time that Nicholas went missing, also, they think, like, there's no way we're not going to find him. He was wearing, like, purple pants and had, like, a hot pink backpack. So they're like, you know, more than likely his clothing is going to give him away. Like they put out, you know, obviously like they tell law enforcement, we're looking for a 13 year old boy, purple pants, pink backpack. They think, you know, that's going to help them find him pretty easily. Right. Um, the thing that really kind of irks me about it, though, is that not even for a second did they think like somebody could have abducted Nicholas. 
Right. It's automatically he's missing because he ran away. Yeah. So the thing is, is that like, yeah, Nicholas is like this big, you know, big badass who, you know, threatens his teachers with knives and getting in all of this trouble. But like Nicholas is 13 years old and he is four foot eight and weighs 80 pounds. Oh my gosh, he's tiny. He's itty bitty tiny. How easy would it be for so I could pick him up and throw him over my shoulder? Right. You know what I mean? Like that's tiny for a 13 year old. And not for a second do they think like somebody could have grabbed him. Right. Just sucks. Like he's cried wolf too many times or whatever. Like he's ran away too many times at this time. They just don't take him seriously. Right. Yeah. So unfortunately, there's no sightings or leads of any kind in Nicholas's disappearance until September of 1994. So about three months after he was last seen, his brother Jason calls police and says Nicholas was at the house and that he had tried to break into their garage. So the police do investigate this claim, but there's not any signs of an attempted break-in whatsoever. Like, there's no no reason to believe that he tried to break into the garage. And there are no other sightings of Nicholas in the area. So that ends up just kind of being a dead end. So why does he think that Nicholas was trying to break in? I don't know. He claims that he saw Nicholas try and break in. That's weird. I'm just wondering. Maybe he was high. Yeah, maybe. He's probably feeling guilty. I'm sure he's got to be full of guilt. I'm sure. I get it. I mean, to an extent, as an older sibling, I get it. Like, I mean, Nicholas was 13, and it said that Jason was older. That Jason and Carrie were like 10 to 12 years older than him. 10 to 15, depending on what you read, whatever. But they were older than him. So even at that point, though, you got to think. Like, even if Jason's 10 years older than him, he's 23. He's still, I mean, he's young himself. Right. And I can totally see, as an older sibling, like, being like, no, dude, I don't want to come pick you up. Like, how often does, you know, one-up Sterling say, hey, you want to take me to Taco Bell? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. You know, so, I mean, I get to the extent of, like, being annoyed by your younger sibling. But, like, this was also, like, a safety thing. Like, he was walking right. home alone. And, I mean, I don't know the time of day it was. It doesn't say, it doesn't say it was, like, the dead of night. But, I don't know. Right. It sucks. Yeah. Whatever. At this point, though, Nicholas has vanished without a trace. There would not be any more sightings of Nicholas until October of 1997. So three years later. So there was nothing on the case at all. Three nope. months to three years. Yep. That's crazy. Nothing. Yeah, it is super weird. So in 1997, while at work, Beverly receives a phone call from a police officer named Jonathan Durant. Jonathan Durant tells Beverly that Nicholas has been found alive. He's in Spain. Okay. Yep. How the hell did a 13-year-old get to Spain? I don't know. Let's find out. So Nicholas has been found in Linares, Spain. He's escaped from a sex trafficking ring. Sex trafficking. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yep. Sex trafficking. So his sister, Carrie, is the only family member with a passport. So she is tasked with going to get Nicholas from Spain. I did think that it was really cool um, that apparently Carrie's employers actually paid for her plane ticket to Spain, which I thought was super, super awesome. Yeah, that is cool. Where'd she work? I don't know. I couldn't find that, but I just it said that she they couldn't afford a plane ticket and that her job paid for her to go to Spain to get her brother, which I thought was cool. That is. So when Carrie arrives in Spain, um, she has to go to a group home where Nicholas is. Uh, at first, he doesn't want to see her. He locks himself in a bathroom like it's this whole big fiasco. He is just really withdrawn. He has no desire to see his sister. 
after some time, though, he does actually come out of the bathroom and he is able to see his sister face to face for the first time in three years. And she is just immediately ecstatic to see him. She embraces him in a hug and she's just so relieved that her brother's alive. So Nicholas had been missing for three years at the time he disappeared. You know, he's 13. Now he's 16. And his appearance has changed since she last saw him. Uh, the most noticeable changes are Nicholas is blonde hair, blue eyed. Uh, when she gets to Spain, Nicholas actually has his hair still blonde, but it's got like brown roots and his eyes are brown. So this isn't Nicholas. I didn't say that. Okay, well, I'm going to bet it's not Nicholas. Okay, well, I didn't say that. He also has a French accent, which is also kind of strange. Right, since he's only been in Spain for three years. Enough rights. Well, we didn't say he hasn't been in France. They just found him in Spain. Okay. Well, either way, it's only been three years. That's not enough time for an accent. I mean, he has one, so clearly it is. Anyway, authorities tell her that Nicholas has been through a lot in the past three years. Um, When he was found, he was in a phone booth, and a tourist came across him, and they called the authorities. They said, hey, it's raining. There's this kid, like, curled up in the corner of this phone booth. Like, somebody needs to come get him. So local police come, and they pick him up. And it's obvious to them that he has suffered extreme abuse. When anyone tries to touch him, he flinches. Uh, He also will not speak to anyone. They even try to talk to him in like different languages, thinking that maybe he just doesn't understand them. But that doesn't get them anywhere. So finally, after a few days of getting nowhere, they decide that they're going to fingerprint him and see if that gives them any leads to who he is. And at this point, he breaks down and he tells them he is a missing boy from the U.S., He was abducted, sold into sex trafficking, and he had been trafficked for the last three years to U.S. and European, European, to U.S. and European military men. European. European. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thinking of the peen. Yeah. So anyway, he told them he was from Texas. His name was Nicholas Barclay. Uh, The police in Spain are not sure at first because they they look into Nicholas Barclay and he has blonde hair and blue eyes. And this boy in front of them has brown hair and brown eyes. Uh, But Nicholas tells them that after he was abducted, he endured severe abuse. Um, He was burned. He had multiple bones broken and that they had even went as far as to inject a solution into his eyes that altered the color of his eyes as a way to make him unrecognizable. So that's why his eyes are brown. Is that a real thing? I mean, apparently, because he has brown eyes and they were supposed to be blue. Okay. So we're still going with this is the same boy. I mean, I don't know who else it could be, Ashley. Another sex trafficked boy. How would he know who Nicholas Barclay is? I don't know. That's what you're going to tell me. He knew. His name is Nicholas Barclay. He was from San Antonio, Texas. And his sister is there and she's hugged. I mean, she's relieved that her brother's alive. I think his sister would know if that was her brother or not. I mean, I would hope so, but... Okay, whatever. three years, she might just be excited. We have a lot more to go, And in shock. Okay. It's possible, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm suspicious, but we'll see. We'll see what transpires. Okay, I mean, they seem to be suspicious at first as well, but... um, Whatever. He finishes his story, and then they're like, okay, this works. So anyway, he tells them that his captors insisted that he only spoke French as a way of not drawing attention to the fact that he was American. And if he was caught speaking English, then they would beat him, which is why he had a French accent, because he's been speaking nothing but French for three years. He was not allowed to speak any other language. His story is almost so crazy that it's unbelievable. 
It is unbelievable. But he has scars to prove the abuse. He also has bones that were broken and never sat properly, so he has proof of that as well. I'm not doubting that he was abducted and tortured. I just don't think he's Nicholas. Okay, well, we'll see what happens. He also, like I said, his hair is shorter, and it is still blonde in some parts, but it has those dark roots. It's very possible that his hair darkened once he hit puberty. Yes, that's possible. I mean, that's that's very possible. So at that point, after hearing his story, that's when they decided to contact Nicholas's family and explain to them that Nicholas had been found but had suffered extreme abuse. Uh, he's nearly mute, and he has very little memory of his life before being abducted. Unfortunately, he also has no forms of ID. So in order for them to confirm that this is, in fact, Nicholas Barclay, a family member has got to come and ID him. At that point, they'll take him to the U.S. Embassy and they will, init- they will issue him a passport to go back to the U.S. if, in fact, he is Nicholas Barclay. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. So that's where we get to Carrie being there. She sees Nicholas. She immediately embraces him. She says, this is definitely Nicholas. So they release him into her care. Now, before they can leave Spain, though, they have to go to the embassy and get that passport. So they spend the night in a hotel in Spain. And Carrie fills Nicholas in on everything that he's missed since he's been gone. She shows him recent photos of everyone. Um, Like, Carrie is just so elated to have Nicholas back. She recalls that night in the hotel that she just felt completely at peace having him close by and hearing him, just hearing him breathe. She stayed up most of the night just listening to him breathe. That's really sad. It is. She also said that she had actually commented on Nicholas about how in the past three years of him aging, he actually really started to favor one of their uncles. That, like, he, his looks, he really looked very close to one of their uncles. And she showed him a picture, and they looked very similar to each other. So she thought it was kind of crazy how, with age, you know, his looks had changed and that he looked like this specific uncle. So the next morning, they get up, and they head to the embassy. And there, Nicholas has to go before a judge to prove he's Nicholas Barclay. Um, he shows them his tattoos. And they all match. Those tattoos that Nicholas had. They all match. But the judge just isn't sure. As he shouldn't be. Well, the judge says, you know, Nicholas's appearance has changed a lot. And on top of that, he has a good amount of facial hair. And it's weird for a 16-year-old to have this much facial hair. Like, by this point, it's been a couple days. He's been in, you know, custody of this group home in Spain. He's got a lot. He's got, like, a full 5 o'clock shadow coming in. Right. And, you know, the judge is like, "This this is weird. Now, devil's advocate here, I know many 16-year-olds that had full beards. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about, like, full beards, but, like, there were definitely some in high school that had, like, some facial hair. I mean, I know multiple high schoolers when I was in high school that had full facial beards. Like, full. But whatever. I mean, regardless, I don't think it's that crazy to think he could have hair on his face. Are you frozen or you just have no response? No, I just said what I needed to say. Oh, okay. Anyway, regardless, whatever. So they end up showing Nicholas photos of his family. And he identifies everyone in four out of the five pictures. He only messes up one person in one of the pictures. So they're like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is Nicholas Barclay. He knew everyone in all of the photos. They give him an emergency passport. So they send him and Carrie back to Texas. When they arrive in Texas, tons of families there waiting. 
Um, pretty much everyone's there but Jason. Like his mom's there, Carrie's husband's there, Carrie's kids. Like everyone is just so excited for Nicholas to come home. Uh, unfortunately, though, since Nicholas had disappeared, Beverly actually moved and she was just renting a single room. So there wasn't anywhere for Nicholas to stay. So because of this, uh, Nicholas ended up going home with Carrie because Carrie had room for him. She also had children like similar to close in age to him because like I had said, she's like older than him. So like she has kids similar to his age. So it's just a better fit. And it seems like Carrie had her life together. Right. Out of all of them, it seems like Carrie had the best head on her shoulders. Like she, you know, was a functioning adult. She had kids. She had a husband. She never any mention of her being a drug addict, whatever. Right. So it's a good fit. So they decide as a family that the best thing to do is just to get Nicholas back to his normal life as quickly as possible. So they immediately put him back in school. He goes to high school. Um, And even though there are some setbacks like here and there, Nicholas seems to adjust to his old life pretty well. Like he's making friends. He has a girl who he likes. Like he just seems to really get right back into the swing of things. And he's doing really well. That's great for fake Nicholas. (laughs) Why do you think he's fake? Because I just don't think he is. I don't think he's Nicholas. Okay, well, we'll have to wait and see. And you're not denying it. I'm not going to deny nor confirm anything. Exactly. You have to wait to see what happens. Fake Nicholas. Okay, go ahead. So one weird thing is the family never notified the FBI or the local police that Nicholas had been found. Why? They just never did. So essentially, like, the, the, the police in Spain called Beverly... Beverly sent Carrie to go get Nicholas and like they never were in any contact with any of the FBI or the local police. Like everything was done through Beverly and the, and the police in Spain. So maybe they just assumed that the police in Spain contacted. I mean, maybe, but in the U S Nicholas is still listed as a missing child. Hmm. So the FBI actually ends up having to contact them to try and investigate like what the hell happened. Like how did this kid go missing three years ago in San Antonio, Texas, and then get found in Spain three years later. Cause that in itself is crazy. Like how did he even get across the continent? Right. You know, how did he even like, he didn't have a passport. He had no form of identification. So uh, whatever the FBI obviously is like, we've got to investigate this. Like what the hell happened? So the FBI agent who interviews Nicholas, her name was Kathy. And she thought that Nicholas's story was absolutely absurd. She was shocked that he'd been found so long after going missing and on a completely different continent. Um, Right. Regardless, though, she began to look into this supposed sex trafficking ring. She said, essentially, she didn't really believe him, but his family was certain that it was Nicholas, and she obviously couldn't call him a liar if his story, like, he had a horrifying story, and she didn't want to be a total ass and be like, you're full of crap. Right. You know? I get that. So... As often as she feels about this whole thing, she's like, you know, Carrie and Beverly would know if this is Nicholas or not, so I'm just going to leave it alone. So time goes on. Nicholas is doing well. And then this show called Hard Copy comes along, and they've heard about Nicholas, and they want to do an interview because this is a crazy story and how amazing. So they want to interview him. So they hire a PI named Charlie Parker to track Nicholas down. Uh, Charlie does end up tracking Nicholas down. And they go to do this interview, and Charlie Parker is like, what the F? That's not Nicholas Barclay. Like, there's no way that's the same kid. So he ends up taking an old picture of Nicholas and a still from this interview and comparing them in Photoshop, and he compares their ears. 
side by side. And he's like, nope, these are not the same ears. They don't match. There's no way that's the same person. Okay. What was wrong with his ears? I don't know. His lobes? I mean, I would assume it had something to do with his lobes, but he had watched something where they were like identifying people based off of their ears. And so that's what he did. He tried to identify them based off of their ears. Now, let me just send you this. I'm going to send you this picture. But he's not an expert in ear identification. It doesn't matter because Charlie is a wild dude and he knows what he's talking about. He's a wild dude. Okay. He's a wild dude. He gets wild. Let me just tell you. Okay. I just sent you a picture of Nicholas at 13 versus Nicholas at 16. Just so you could see it side by side. Did you get that? Yeah, I was comparing. Yeah, this don't look like the same people to me. And this guy does not look 16. He looks 40. <laughs> okay, well, he's, he's like bald. A child. Okay, so that he is after. Look 40. Okay, well, that's but... after he cut his hair. There's another picture of him with his blonde hair. Which might have been better. Yeah, nope. I don't think these are the same people at all. Did you find a picture? And I'm an expert. You are not no. an expert. I am an expert. I said so. You're not an expert. Here we go. This is better. I don't know. He compares the ears, though. That's how he decides that he does not think they're the same people. So what does Charlie do? Question for you. What does Charlie do? I don't know. What would you do? Are we still in the interview at this point? Or is this after the interview? No, this is after. He's like taking the stills from the interview. He's compared the ears. Like this is after. Did you get the other picture I sent you? I mean, I don't know. It's not my business. I'd probably stay out of it. Okay, well, Charlie does not stay out of it. Charlie calls the FBI. Okay. And he immediately goes, worst case scenario, he's like, yo, homeboy's a spy or a terrorist or something. This is not Nicholas Barclay. He's trying to inf infiltrate our country and kill us all. I think that's a little dramatic. <laughs> I told you he's a wild guy. So from this second picture that you sent me, uh -huh. still is not the same person. But does look a little more believable. Yes. Okay. But like they don't even have the same nose. Like this guy on the right here, the older version, like his nose is like wide mm -hmm. and flat. Okay. And young Nicholas has like a cute little button nose. Yeah. I mean, I agree. But his nose could have been broken. So again, fake Nicholas. His nose could have been broken. He was severely abused. I guess. Your daughter does have a... My daughter does have a nose. flat nose from breaking her nose when she was almost four. It was always kind of... I mean, I will say, though, her nose was always kind of a little flatter. It was on the flatter yeah. side. But it is more flat after breaking. Now, Kathy at the FBI already had her own reservations, you know. Right. But she was like, as crazy as the story is, and I don't believe it, if there is a sex trafficking ring out there, like, I have to take it down. So she, as much as she doesn't believe the story, she's not quite ready to, like, totally kick Nicholas under the bus. Just call bull squash him. Right, and move on. So with this call from Charlie, the FBI does decide they need to look more into Nicholas. So they want to have him interviewed by a psychiatrist for a forensic interview. The forensic interview is set to take place in Houston, Texas. So Nicholas is flown to Houston. He does the interview. The psychiatrist comes out of the interview and she's like, um, idiots. This guy is French. Like, this isn't Nicholas. This is a French dude. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, he just had to speak French for three years. So, you know, that's why it's a French accent. And she's like, no, absolutely not. Like, he's American. He shouldn't have a French accent. So she immediately I, is like, I agree with that. No, she immediately is like, no, no, no. This is not Nicholas. You guys are dumb. What, what in the hell are you doing? So now the FBI agent, Kathy, has to tell the family that this isn't Nicholas. 
So Kathy says that she calls Carrie and tells her, do not pick Nicholas up from the airport. Yet when they fly back into San Antonio, Carrie is waiting at the airport. So Kathy's like, okay, great. Take Nicholas home. I mean, I told you he's not your brother. And you came for him anyway. So that's on you. Carrie says the interview or Carrie says in an interview that they did not tell her specifically, like, this is not Nicholas. Like, she's adamant. That's not what they told her. But Kathy says, no, I 100% told her it's not Nicholas. So whatever. They disagree. Either way, Carrie came and picked him up. So they had to let her go. Um, so now the FBI is like, okay, well, the only way to prove that this isn't Nicholas is for us to get a DNA sample and a set of fingerprints. Which they should have done from the beginning. One, well, they didn't know that it was a Nick. They didn't even know he had been found. By the time he had been found, like, he'd already been put back in his normal life. They didn't have any reason to think it wasn't him. I agree, but, like, they were like, you know, the family knows best, and they're saying it's Nicholas. There was really no reason for them to investigate this. I suppose. So they should have his fingerprints on file, you know, because he has a record. Right. But unfortunately, in order to get a sample, Beverly has to sign off on it because Nicholas is a minor. Beverly does not sign off on this. She actually throws a huge temper tantrum and tells them, no, like, you're not having his DNA, you're not having his fingerprints, leave us the hell alone, Nicholas is home, just let us live our lives, we're done, leave us all alone. So, at this point, they have to get a court order in order to get a sample of the DNA. Which ends up being fine. They go, get the court order, no big deal, DNA comes back as a match, for 23-year-old Frederick Bourdine. Told you he was a lot older than 16. <laughs> I was thinking 30. Okay. So Frederick Bourdine is a Frenchman known as the Chameleon. He is essentially a con artist who had hundreds of aliases. Uh, he was known for impersonating teenage boys. Um, and he is also wanted by Interpol. I don't know what that is. Mm, I don't know either. I just thought you would know, so I was just going to move past it. Okay. I'm just kidding. Interpol is like international police. Interpol. I have no idea. I've never heard of that term before. International Criminal Police Organization. Yes. That's what I thought. It was like international yeah. police. That's what I thought. So he's wanted by the international okay. police. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. So what do I know? Yes. So he ends up being arrested in 1998 and he is sentenced to six years in a U.S. prison for perjury and passport fraud. And as if Frederick has not caused enough issues for the family and enough heartache, he then tells the FBI that he believes that the family was involved in Nicholas's disappearance. Okay, though. Hold on a minute. So, crazy French man got all of the same tattoos that Nicholas had? Apparently. That's a lot of dedication. Yes. Apparently. I mean, I don't know how he even had time to do that, but apparently he showed the tattoos to the judge and the judge let him through. Now, I will say, Nicholas's tattoos were not um, high-class tattoos. They were tattoos that were given to him by other teenage friends. So, they were crap. They were prison tats. Not good. Okay, but still, how did he know exactly what tattoos? Because of his missing person report? Yes. Okay. And, like, these were, they literally were just, like, letters. Like, it wasn't, like, in-depth, like, I don't know. It was just, like, random. He had, like, one on his wrist, one on his back. I don't know. He had multiple tattoos, one on his ankle, but they were just like letters. Like they weren't anything intricate. Okay. They were very easy to replicate or even, even not necessarily replicate, but like, I don't even know if they necessarily had pictures of all of his tattoos. You know what I mean? Like it might've just been like letter K on his wrist. Right. I don't know. But yeah, okay. I mean, he did go to great lengths of impersonating Nicholas. It's pretty crazy. Seems like it. Yeah. Seems like this guy is 
crazy. Yeah. So anyway, he goes to the FBI, though, and he tells them he thinks that Nicholas's family is involved in his disappearance. And that is why they were so easy to accept him as Nicholas, because they did something to him and they couldn't be like, this isn't Nicholas because we killed him. You know, they had to accept him because they knew where Nicholas right. was, but they couldn't tell him they knew where Nicholas was because, you know, then they'd be made to a crime. So he says that's why they accepted him. He even says, more specifically, he thinks Jason may have been involved. He said, apparently, at one point, Jason had come to visit Nicholas after he returned and essentially says to him, hey, good luck with this man. And Frederick said, like, he knew that Jason wasn't fooled and, like, Jason knew that it wasn't Nicholas. And essentially, he was just telling him, like, <laughs> good luck with the shit show you got going on. I don't know how long it's going to last. Hmm. And apparently, in all of the time that Nicholas was back, Jason only came to see him that one time. Well, yeah, because he knew it wasn't his brother, apparently. Right. So they do actually investigate the family, but they don't ever find any reason to think that his family was involved. Uh, Frederick gets out of prison in 2004. Uh, he goes back to Spain. He's then caught impersonating a teenager yet again. Um, they then deport him back to France, where he again gets caught impersonating teenage boys uh, numerous times. What's wrong with this dude? Yeah, so it's reported that he did this into his early 30s, which is pretty crazy. It's crazy to me that he was falling, like, people were falling for him being a teenage boy into his 30s. I mean, in that picture, I immediately was like, no. Receding <laughs> hairline, he's 40. Yeah. No. He wasn't 40, but still. Okay. Not a 16-year-old. It's crazy to me, but whatever. There's this documentary, which I think all of you should go watch. It's, it's available on Tubi, which is free. Um, everyone is in this documentary. Like, Beverly, Carrie, Jason, uh, Charlie, the PI, even Frederick himself is in this documentary. So, pretty interesting. It's like an hour and 40 minutes long, but it's worth the watch. Um, so, Frederick actually tells them, like, how he actually came to impersonate Nicholas, which in itself is even a crazier story than this whole thing. I, think. I don't believe that. I mean, okay, it's equally crazy. It's pretty crazy, whatever. So, according to him... Once they were like, we're going to fingerprint you, he knew that he couldn't be fingerprinted because he was wanted by Interpol. So he couldn't let that happen. So that's when he said, I'm an American child. I was kidnapped. I need to call my family. I've been missing for a long time and they need to hear from me. So I need to call them myself. So at that point, it was the middle of the night in the US. So they left him in a room with a phone to call his family once it would you know, be daytime in America. He immediately got to work and just started calling random police departments in the U.S. trying to find a missing child <laughs> to impersonate. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. So he starts calling random places, asking about missing children, and he gives them a description. The description he's giving them is actually of himself. Like, he's describing himself to these people, trying to see if there's anybody that, like, he can impersonate. So after calling a few different police stations, they tell him that he should really contact um, NECMEC, which is the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They're like, right. you know, they will have access to national databases. If you're looking for a child, like, they'll be able to help you on a national level versus just within our city. So that's what he did. He calls NECMEC. He, you know, gives them a description of the child. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, we totally have someone that, ma that matches that description. Uh, his name's Nicholas Barclay. He went missing out of San Antonio, Texas, three, three years ago. So they fax a picture of Nicholas Barclay to this room that frederick is in and it's a black and white picture so frederick looks at it and he's like oh hell yeah no i can totally pass for this kid like this is me i'm nicholas barclay he calls beverly 
he, the entire time, he has been impersonating Jonathan Durant, this police officer. There was no Jonathan Durant. It was Frederick the entire time. Well, so he calls Beverly and tells her, hey, your son's been found in Spain, Nicholas Barclay. So NACMAC sends a color packet overnight to Spain with like all of the missing information on Nicholas Barclay. So when that, pa- when that packet gets there, it's in color. Frederick's like, oh shit, I don't look anything like this kid. Like, this is not good. What am I going to do? So he, at that point, attempts to run, but they catch him. So he's like, well, you know what? Whatever. I mean, they tell him, you know, like, his sister's on the way. And he's like, well, shit, I'm about to get caught. And then he says, when his, you know, Nicholas's sister got there, she fell for it. And he was like, you know, I'm just as amazed as the rest of you. I never thought it was going to work. And then before I knew it, like, I was in too deep. I was on a plane to the U.S. So, I mean, he thought that when Carrie showed up, she was going to be like, who the hell is this guy? That's not my brother, but that wasn't the case. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is just absolutely crazy. Yes, very crazy. Insane. So, yeah. Uh, Nicholas Barclay was never found, though. So, he is still missing, which is truly devastating. Yes. <sighs> I don't know, though. I mean, what do you think? Do you think Jason was involved? I mean, it kind of sounds like it, but there's no really any evidence of it. I mean, there's no evidence to say it. But he sounds like he might be guilty of something. Yeah, he seems like he's a little sketchy about something. I mean, I don't know that he killed his brother. Maybe he just feels guilty, you know, like about the whole thing. I don't know. Or maybe he didn't, but he knows what happened. Right. I don't know. I think the whole thing's crazy to me. Yeah, that's definitely crazy. Like, truly crazy. I just can't believe that they were, like, willingly like, oh, yeah, that's him. Like, they could have very easily been like, no, that's not my son. He has brown eyes. Right. My son has blue eyes. No, they all accepted him. Or hey, let's get a DNA test. Like, they could, even if they did, they were involved, they could have right. fought it. Well, they did not. He ended up living Nicholas's life for, like, six months before. Hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. He was shipped back to Spain, only to be deported back to France. It's pretty pretty crazy. Yeah, what a wacko. I know. I was like, I came across this, and I was like, oh, man, <laughs> this is some crazy stuff. So, Yeah, I feel like I have heard about that at some point but like not in that much detail yeah crazy it is crazy so and i really hate that they never found nicholas found out what happened to him me too did they ever really like look more into his disappearance after they knew i mean it doesn't really appear so that's really i mean like frederick is also he's a compulsive liar so yeah i mean he impersonates people for a living so right you can't believe anything he says so at one point he had said the reason why he impersonated Nicholas is because he had actually met Nicholas in the sex trafficking ring that he claimed to have been a part of. And like, that's how he came across it. But then later on, he admitted that that was not true. And he made the whole thing up. So like, he never met Nicholas. So there's no evidence that Nicholas was ever alive after June of 1994. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's likely Nicholas could have been sex trafficked. I mean, San Antonio, Texas, how far is that from Mexico? I have no idea. I feel like he very easily could have been taken over the Mexican, like the Mexican border. Yeah, maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe. I don't know the distance, honestly, but I mean, Texas is a huge state. So depending on where it is, I feel like he definitely <sighs> could have been taken right to Mexico. You know, it's possible. Definitely possible. Yeah. Well, that was crazy. Thanks for that. Yeah, no problem. I'm trying to look. I don't know. I'm not finding. Mm, well, it's like a 12 hour drive. I mean, I guess it's still possible, but. Right. I mean. Anywhere. I mean, he could have been kidnapped in North Carolina and driven to Mexico. I mean. Right. But I think that's actually like the center of Mexico. So it's actually probably not that long. It looks like it's actually, I mean, just probably a couple hours, like 150 miles. 
So it's very, I feel like that's totally possible. He could have been taken into Mexico. I don't know. The whole thing is just crazy, though. Regardless of what happened to him, the whole thing is absolutely insane. And, like, what a piece of trash that Frederick did this. Because also, when you try to look into this, like, you like when you try and do a search for Nicholas Barclay, it just comes up with this Frederick guy. Right. So he's garbage. Real trash. Trash bag. Yeah, he sucks. But anyway, that's all I got. So I hope that that was, you know, all you dreamed of. I hope that, you know. Knocked my socks right off. Not wearing any anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. But anyway, we hope you guys come back next week for another weekly dose of Wicked. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of Wicked, where you can join one of our three tiers. At the $5 level, we've got the moderately Wicked for $7 a month, we've got the awesomely wicked. And for all of those high rollers, big ballers out there, we got the $10 level, the extraordinarily wicked. As a member of our Patreon, you are entitled to bonus episodes. Uh, you also get a one-time shout-out on our podcast, as well as some other cool little extra things going on there. So come on over. Join our fan club. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can literally just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones for a direct feed of our podcast please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com great news you can now listen to us pretty much wherever you like to listen to podcasts that's right, folks. We are big time. You can now hear your weekly dose of Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Plus Alexa, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Podcast Index, Overcast, Castro, Castbox, and Podfriend. The only place we can't seem to get ourselves on is Pandora. So we'll let you know when that happens. In the meantime, make sure to come back next Wednesday for your weekly, weekly dose, dose of, of Wicked. Wicked. But I'm... Um,